Welcome back to Storytime with Karen and Kevin. I'm your host, Karen Monroe. Today, we're reading some funny stories from Reddit. Our first story is from r slash funny stories, posted by B 315 That time I caused an insurrection in Chuck E. Cheese. So this is back in maybe 1992, and I'm a hyperactive kid with a big imagination, who may be a little brighter than I need to be. We're at Chuck E. Cheese, formerly a showbiz pizza. It's my older cousin Pat Pat's birthday. I'm forced to go because my dad is doing something else. I'm not sure what, but he just dropped me off. I never went to go hang out with these particular cousins because they are related to my grandfather, who I will call Rolling Stone. Rolling Stone was my dad's dad, but my grandma was not his wife. Granny Billy was his wife. Dad got along with his half-sisters, but his brothers and some cousins always treated him a little funny because he was the other ladies' kid. But he looked the most like Rolling Stone. Myself, my dad, and Rolling Stone all looked eerily similar. I'm not sure why those guys were such successful philanderers, and I just never was good with women. Skips a generation or two, I suppose. Anyways, because of all of this, it was a rare and momentous occasion for me to be around my cousins and my Auntie Wilma, who I adored. Anyway, because of all of this, it was a rare and momentous occasion for me to be around my cousins and my Auntie Wilma, who I adored. I also particularly loved that Chuck E. Cheese. No other one I had ever been to had had that sort of maze in the back corner, adjacent to where all the animatronic shows were. I loved Chuck E. Cheese. I loved the games. I liked the pizza, and I even liked the Chuck E. Cheap toys that would break the next day. What I didn't love was the mascots. I was petrified of them, especially Chuck E. Cheese. I thought Chucky was a damn demon with his cold dead eyes and disgusting body. Like, kids today don't know what the old Chucky looked like. Dude was nightmare fuel. I also thought he was a demon because he would be on stage and then teleport and be somewhere walking around. I was a smart kid, but I was a kid. So instead of putting two and two together, I decided that instead of it being a reasonable explanation, that he was a demon spawn. Parents, be careful what you read to your kids at a young age. My parents were into fantasy and stuff. I was read the Xanth novels from the age of three. So, all is well. I'm avoiding Chucky and the stage area and minding my own business, spending all of my coins on this new game, Captain Bucky O'Hare, that I was obsessed with trying to beat. Every time I'd run out of coins, I'd run back to the adults to get more. And every time, there would be less adults. The kids were still around and playing. Everyone's stuff was still there, but the adults were missing. Now, I didn't get panicked about this until Auntie Wilma vanished and little Rob and Dee Dee were still there. At first, I ask. No one seems to know or care. They're all acting weird. I go around and ask the kids and we begin looking for them. Every adult that's still there is very weird and unconcerned that people have randomly vanished. We even went to look in the parking lot and they weren't there. Cars were still there, but not in the building. We went in the bathrooms, in the maze, and all around looking for 30 minutes. Nothing. After an hour, we go to one of the adults and explain our situation. And the fact that the cheese smell now smells weird, we're worried something is happening. They just blow us off. So we go to the manager, some older woman who is mean as hell. We tell her we can't find her parents and we're all scared. I will never forget what this woman said. 
It's not my job to keep track of your parents, kid. They could have fallen off the side of the world for all I know. I don't care. How about you leave me alone and figure it out on your own? We were stunned. I was led to believe that an adult can solve all of our problems. Then, Pat Pat says he last saw them talking to Chucky DeMario. Ch Chucky DeMario? <laughs> I was led to believe that an adult can solve all of our problems. Then, Pat Pat says he last saw them talking to Chucky. DeMario, too, says his mom and dad had been talking to Chucky. So, we go ask Chucky. And he's all weird and vague and eventually tells us that's a secret and go play. Now, a sensible child would have done just that. I was far away, listening to the conversation. I wasn't trying to get close to dead eyes over there. But hearing what he said convinced me of the truth. The adults were dead. Chucky is a monster. No one cares because the fumes from the cheese is hypnotizing the adults and they're chopping them up and putting them on the pizza. Yep, that is the only explanation. Mind you, I am the youngest. No one should be listening to me. But because I'm the smart one, no one challenges this stupid ass idea. We go around and talk to the other kids, ask them about their parents and the people who came with them. Of course, some adults who were once there were not, and we were able to convince most of them to help us get to the bottom of this. I do recall thinking like rescue rangers or some shit. One kid, we'll call her Sally, suggested we go talk to the boss lady, the manager, I looked at that old witch in the eyes from across the store and scowled. I remember saying, she said to figure it out on our own. I bet she's one of them. No, I could not properly explain who they were. But like, trust me, they're bad and they're cutting up your parents and feeding them to us on the pizza. I was asked why the other adults didn't notice and my response was the cheese. The smell is hypnotizing them. I guess I said the shit with such conviction, the kids just went along with me. So first, we needed to arm ourselves. We pulled our tickets and got those yellow plastic bats, jump ropes, water guns, small knockoff super soakers. We filled them with water, soda, and hot pepper flakes. And we armed ourselves. There was like at least 15 of us. Next, we all hid in the maze and let two little girls, I think they were twins, lure Chucky into the maze. Now, the maze could be seen from outside. There was windows and stuff, but if you hid well, you could easily hide 20 kids back there. More if you got up into the pipes. So when Chucky turned the corner, Pat Pat and Cat pushed him over Chris. He falls down and we get to wailing on this guy. We're shouting all kinds of shit, and I think he gets the gist of what we're on about, attacking him. So we get his head off and find a person in there. And this asshole, instead of doing anything useful, he says some shit like, Oh my god, thanks for saving me. And just plays along. Tells us that he used to be a kid playing games and they trapped him in the Chucky suit and made him their slave. Which was all the confirmation I needed to validate how completely right I was. We tied him up with the jump ropes, so if he turned back, he couldn't hurt us. And then we decided to assault the kitchen and save who was there. It was a mess. Took about 15 minutes and every adult in the place to restore order. I shot that old witch in the face with my gun, and she screamed bloody murder. I was eventually stopped by Auntie Carissa, and our liberation was ended. After this, more parents showed up, and they had us all in the front. The manager wanted to kick everybody the F out. I think it was Uncle Jay that stepped up and asked what was going on and who was responsible, 
and all of these little Benedict Arnolds timed me out. But I didn't have a lick of sense, so I stood defiantly and told him what I did and why. He asked me sensible questions too, like, why didn't I tell the adults or ask someone? I did. Then he asked me if I was stupid or if I thought if something was wrong they wouldn't notice. I confidently explained my brainwashing cheese smell theory. At this point, everyone is kind of laughing, even the staff. Except the mean old witch, because she is like staring daggers at me with bloodshot eyes. I tell them I told her and she told me to figure it out, so I did. Only later did I find out what was really happening. So first and foremost, the parents were behind the Kmart getting high and drunk. You couldn't have liquor in there. The ones who were there were already high. The dude in the Chucky suit was actually a kid of one of my uncle's friends, and he sold weed. Mind you, I didn't find out any of that until I was an adult, and my auntie had been retelling the story. So they took my picture and banned me. My dad was called, cause I had to go home early. And yeah, I got like one of those top 10 ass whoopings of my life. But I was certain for a long time that something was still up with Chuck E. Cheese, cause you know, the truth never came out while I was still a kid. Wow, OP, you definitely had quite the imagination. Although, I remember having wild thoughts like that as a young kid. Never would I, um, start an insurrection at Chuck E. Cheese, but it's pretty normal to stir up some crazy ideas as a child. I don't think that manager's behavior would fly these days. Although, are Chuck E. Cheeses even around anymore? I think most of them are gone for a good reason. Our next story was posted by THC16. I got my dad detained by the police when I was three years old. The shopping mall near the house I grew up in used to have a small play area, right in the center. When my mom shopped, my dad and I would wait there. We had a game. He would read a book, and I would walk around the outskirts of the play area a few times before walking up to him and telling them that I'm lost and need to find my dad. He would give me directions, silly directions, that I had to cross over the rainbow bridge, follow the yellow brick road through the forest, but to avoid the candy house as a witch lived inside, things like that. So I'd circle around the play area a few more times and then walk up to him again, saying that I'm lost. This time though, he'd pretend to be a witch or a monster and try to lure me into his lair. I'd say, you're not my daddy, and run away around the play area again, before coming up to him and saying, Daddy, I found you. Well, one of the times that we were playing, he realized that I hadn't come around for a second time and got up to look for me. He said that he saw me on the opposite side of the mall, walking towards a store. He made his way towards me and got there just in time to see that I'd stopped an older woman, late 60-ish, and heard me tell her that I'm lost and need to find my dad. She, of course, was very concerned and took me by the hand. He said, my name, what are you doing? Come on, come back to the play area. And without skipping a beat, I apparently looked right at him and said, you're not my daddy. This poor woman went into major protection mode and physically got in between my dad and I. The lady ended up calling mall security who ended up calling the police. It wasn't until my mom came and told me that he was, in fact, my father, that they let him go. Later on, she asked him why he hadn't just showed them all the photos of us in his wallet. I guess that he panicked in the moment and didn't think about it. I have no memory of that day, but I've heard the story more times than I can count. 
Luckily, we all look back on it thinking it's funny rather than awful. And we have down in the comments. I had a friend who, on a family car trip, made a sign that said, Help! We're being kidnapped! and held it up to passing cars. Eventually, a cop pulled him over and her dad had some explaining to do. She told her dad that her brother made the sign. Too bad he was too young to write. This is amazing. I mean, at the time, I'm sure that lady who was trying to help you didn't think so, but just well. The things you think are innocent as a kid. Honestly, I saw that story going somewhere much darker. Like some random dude in the mall overheard you and tried to snatch you up or something. I'm glad it didn't end that way though. And you have a funny story to tell your kids one day. Our next story was posted by AffectionateIron998. I blackmailed the CEO of American Girl Doll. When I was around 10, this new doll came out from American Girl. I asked my mom if I could have the doll. When she saw it was nearly $100, she told me no. She said that it was criminal of American Girl to charge those prices for a doll. I was a very literal child who had unsupervised access to the computer and internet. I managed to get the email for the CEO of the company. I proceeded to email them, My mom said your doll prices are criminal. If you don't send me one, I'm telling the police. For the next couple of days, I would check the mailbox multiple times a day. When my mom asked me why, I would tell her, I'm waiting on my doll. She would remind me she didn't order the doll, to which I would say, I know. A few days later, I received an email back from the CEO. It basically said that there were a lot of little girls out there who can't afford the doll, and if I really wanted it, I could do some chores around the house to earn money. I was furious. I started screaming, Mom, call the police! at the top of my lungs. My mother ran into the room terrified I was dying. I explained to her that American Girl broke the law and wouldn't send me my free doll, and we needed to tell the police. She took away my computer and moved it into her room. I swear some of these stories have me flashing back to my own childhood. How I longed for an American Girl doll like my cool friends had. I didn't find the CEO's email, but I almost wish I had so I could have a story like this to tell. I bet the CEO or whoever answered her emails had a good laugh over that one. I think she should have sent you a free doll though, just because you put so much effort into it. Our next story is from r slash askreddit, posted by Noah the Red. It's not uncommon as a teacher to have students who are a bit behind the curve in some aspects, but 99.99% of the time, they are keen on something. They might not understand how to identify a noun or what a theme is, but they somehow know how to make a mean plate of nachos. You learn pretty quick not to judge a fish for their tree climbing ability, you know? I thought this was the rule when I was teaching until I met Kevin. Kevin isn't his real name, but it doesn't matter because he can't spell it anyways. Kevin was a student of mine during my last year of teaching. He came to my classroom with very little to show for his academic past. He had moved a few times and thus was missing a lot of typical test scores that we used to try and ballpark their ability. Don't worry, it was a ballpark. We didn't make major decisions until we actually had a chance to talk and work with a student for a bit. I thought, that's fine. I'll just do some one-on-one -on -one with Kevin and see what's up. One-on-one -on -one with Kevin was like conversing with someone who'd forgotten everything in a freak, if not impossible, amnesia incident. There was no evidence that he had learned anything past the second grade, and he was now in ninth grade. Flabbergasted, I figured we needed to get more serious with this. 
If he was going to be in my class, I needed to know why and how. I decided to meet with him, his guidance counselor, his parents, and another teacher to see what was really going on. This is where it all became clear. It was by some incredible fluke that his family had been wiped off the face of the earth years ago. Odds are his entire heritage was based on blind luck and some type of sick divine intervention that saves his family every time a threat presents itself. Kevin was the genetic pinnacle of this null achievement. Even my instructional lead, a woman who could find a redeeming trait in a balrog, failed to see any reason this kid or his family should be alive today. So. Here's a list of events that made it abundantly clear that God does exist and he's laughing uncontrollably. Kevin frequently forgot when and where class was. On more than one occasion, I had to retrieve him from other classrooms. Kevin ate an entire 24 pack of crayons, puked, and then did it again the next day. This is ninth grade. I have no idea where he got crayons. Kevin's dad wrote tuition checks and mailed them to me his English teacher. This was a public school. When I gave it back to Kevin, voided to give to his dad with a brief note explaining that this is a public school, Kevin got in trouble for trying to spend it at 7-Eleven after school. Kevin was removed from the culinary arts program after leaving a cutting board on the gas stove and starting a fire. Twice. Kevin threw his lunch at the school resource officer and tried to run away. He ran into a door and insisted it wasn't him. Kevin stole my phone during class. I called it. It rang. He denied that it was ringing. Not that it wasn't his. Not that he didn't do it. No, he denied that the phone was actually ringing. He tried it three times before the end of the year. Kevin called the basketball coach a mother effing bitch during gym. Basketball tryouts were that afternoon. Kevin tried out. It didn't go well. Kevin's mom could never remember which school he went to. She missed several meetings because she drove to other schools, none of which he ever went to. Kevin tased himself in the neck before a football game. Kevin kept a bottle of orange Kool-Aid in his backpack for about four months. He thought it would turn into alcohol. He drank it during homeroom and threw up. Kevin said the N-word a lot. Kevin was white. The high school was 84% black. Kevin got beat up a lot. Kevin stole another student's iPhone and then tried to sell it back to them. Kevin didn't understand that his grade was dependent on tests, quizzes, homework, classwork, and participation. Kevin finished his first semester with a 3% average. He tried to bribe me with $11. Kevin spit on a girl and said, you should get out of those wet clothes. The girl was the Spanish student teacher. Kevin didn't know dogs and cats were different animals. Kevin tried to download porn onto a computer in the library at the circulation desk while he was logged on. Kevin asked a girl to prom. He was in ninth grade and freshmen don't go to prom by asking for her phone number and then texting her his address. Kevin got gum in his hair constantly Kevin regularly tried to cheat on his assignments by knocking the pile over, grabbing one before I had picked them all up, and then writing his name on it wherever there was room. Kevin had several allergies, but neither his parents nor he could remember what they were. They were very concerned that the holiday party, it's high school, we don't have those, would have peanuts. 
when they finally got a doctor's note, he was allergic to amoxicillin. Kevin and his parents took a trip to Nassau. How the hell did they even get airline tickets? And then forgot all of their luggage at home. I didn't believe him when he told me until I talked to his mom, who told me first thing when I saw her at the bi-weekly meeting. Kevin's grandfather apparently died in a chainsaw accident. I can only assume God was looking the other way that day. Okay, so to be honest, at first I thought this there's no there's just no way this story is real. Like, who actually gets through life being this way? Then I remembered how many people I have encountered throughout my life that I wondered the same thing. So I do think Kevin and his family actually exist somewhere and like OP said, God just gets a good laugh every day. That's all for today. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you like what we do, please like and subscribe. And if you're on YouTube, hit the notification bell so you never miss an episode. You can also listen to us on wherever podcasts are streamed. See you next time. Bye.